Well, the pastors have asked me to speak on relating to your spouse, but I want to talk to you about relating to your wife, relating to your husband. Amen. That's the spouse, right? We're going to talk about that, relating to your wife and to your husband. And uh, if you're not sitting with your wife, uh, including the ushers, Ushers, as soon as you get through, if you'll come and sit with your wife, I'd appreciate it very much, okay? Amen. Sixty-two years ago, January the 4th, I was assistant pastor at First Baptist Tallahassee, and my wife-to-be was the organist at the oldest Baptist church in the county, a church out in the country. Indian Springs Baptist Church. And I went out there to preach, and she came out with the choir and started playing the organ, and I forgot my sermon. (laughs) Anyway, I didn't bother that week, but I called her later and asked her if I could see her, and she said yes. And so on January the 4th, 1958, 62 years ago, Come up here, honey, if you would. Her father brought his little 20-year-old forward. She was a beautiful little 20-year-old girl. And he brought her forward in this big old church downtown Tallahassee, 4,500 members, big old auditorium, seat 4,000. And he brought her up to me up front and gave her to me. Yeah, he gave his his 20-year-old daughter to me. Wow, 62 years ago. And what an awesome, awesome pastor's wife she's been. In fact, it's eight years later, she stood with me as we received commissions as foreign missionaries, and they sent us to Spain, to the northern part of Spain. It was, the weather was terrible there, raining all the time. And uh, she walked a mile every day. There was no store. She walked a mile every day in the rain to buy vegetables for us and cook for us. We had two little babies, a one-year-old and a four-year-old. And what an awesome job she did. My goodness. Yes, sir. Did a tremendous job. But when she was standing at the altar with me, Frank Boggs, who was our minister of music, a beautiful baritone voice known all over the United States, stood up and began to sing this song. She doesn't know this. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast won us, Thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, 
thinking when we were singing that beautiful song about Pretty close. Okay. Um, being the miracle worker that he's working all the time I thought Lord ever since I was born uh, there's been an adversity against me and yet you you saved me you brought me through so many things and he still is bringing us through things and I just want to thank the Lord this morning that my husband is still alive because was it last year when we went to St. Vincent's he was the highest risk the nurse told me that they had ever had and he was home 85. you were 85 last year no, when you were 87 87 <laughs> okay 87 but anyway when she told me that, I thought, uh, uh, we're, we're kind of in trouble. So anyway, but several months before then, I had been asking the Lord, please don't take my husband. I felt like something was wrong. And when Dr. Strickland told Bill that he was in heart failure, I thought, wow, we are in trouble. So anyway, long story short, uh, the doctor who did the surgery on Bill came in and told our family, he said, I could only find one good vein in Mr. Ligon's leg, but God showed me one in his chest. And the one in the chest was the fourth one. They thought it was just three, and it was a widow maker. So that was the one that that day God blessed us to cross the Red Sea. So it's a miracle that we're still alive, that we're still together. We've had a lot of bumps, but we've overcome the bumps. So praise the Lord. Thank you for letting us be here. But I want to ask you a question before Uh-oh. you sit down. Uh-oh. Okay. Look at me, Annie. If you were 20 years old, again, and I was 26. Yes. And I ask you to marry me. Would you marry me? I would. But I'd like to know a few more things before I got married. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're not going to do that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, get with your spouse, sir. Get with your wife. You pastors, go get with your wives and sit close. That's right. 
Oh, my goodness. Well, in college and seminary, they taught me marriage counseling. Traditionally, you'd meet with your husband, meet with the wife, meet with the husband, meet with the wife, meet with the husband, meet with the wife, until finally you understood their problem, then you'd bring them together and help them to understand each other. But 35 years ago, pastoring this church and working with other churches too, being very, very busy, my wife can tell you I was busy, not only that, but building a new home for us to live in, I finished the home, working every day, doing marriage counseling too, and I came home into the new house, and my little bride said to me, we have marriage problems. <laughs> oh, we do? Yes. What, what, what do we have? Well, you're so busy, you're neglecting me. I hardly see you. I need a marriage counselor. You want a marriage counselor? Yes. Hmm. So I left, went by myself into a room, got on my knees and prayed. I said, Lord, I have a challenge. I said, here I am, your pastor, and I'm counseling people in their marriage, and my wife says that she needs a marriage counselor. What do I do, Lord? And then the Lord brought to my memory, a friend of mine who was pastoring in another city. His wife told him the same thing. So he called and engaged another man to be their marriage counselor. And she began to go see this man. And after a few weeks of seeing this man and pouring her heart out to him, he divorced his wife. She divorced the pastor, and they got married. I said, Lord, I remember that, Lord. What was the root of the problem? Why did that happen? And then the Lord took me back to Scripture. First of all, to Proverbs 12, 4, it says, An excellent wife is a crown to her husband. Well, Lord, I said, I certainly want her to be a crown. I don't want her to be a thorn. I wanted to be a crown. And then he took me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. He said, look at the pattern. I'm the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. Man's the head of woman. Oh, so you're the head of Christ. Christ is my head. And I'm supposed to be my wife's head. Yes. How is that going to work, Lord? Well, he took me to Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and died for her. Oh, I see, Jesus, you, you want me to die for her. Yes, and that pastor that I had over in that other city, he didn't die for his wife. He let another man do his work for him. 
What was the work he was supposed to be doing? He was supposed to be meeting with his wife and listening to her heart. Getting to know his wife in the emotional feelings that she has in her life. Well, you see, you see, son, he said, I made these girls to think with their hearts. And I made you boys to think with your heads. So you're kind of fact-oriented. But I also have told you to love your wife like I love the church. Lord, let's see how you love the church. Jesus, you came to redeem your bride, the church. And you came and you, you took all of the responsibility. You took all the blame, all the shame, and you died for us without asking us to do a thing. Nothing. And then God raised you from the dead. And then, Lord, then he gave you his bride. And then your bride could share her deep feelings and talk about her challenges, too. How can I do that, Lord? And then the Lord reminded me of a book that I was using in my marriage counseling, where I'd put them to reading the book, but I didn't have them reading the way he said. He said, the marriage counseling that you've been doing is wrong. He said, you need to meet with the husband and teach him how to meet with his wife, not another man, and how to listen to her heart. Oh, how can I do that, Lord? Well, this book that Gary Smalley wrote has two parts, part one and part two. It's actually two old books put together. It had books formerly that said, if he only knew, that was for the husband, and then if she only knew. But then he, good marketing, he put them together and did it again. And so part one is marriage building principles for the husband. So I, I went back into the room and met with my little bride. And I said, honey, the Lord has showed me that I'm so wrong. And there's something I want to do if you'll do it with me. She said, what? I said, I have this book. The first 12 chapters of it will help me understand how to get to know you. This is what I'd like to do. I'd like to meet with you twice a week and start reading the book. You stop me at any time and talk about anything you want to. No matter what you talk about, darling, I will not defend myself. I won't accuse you of anything. I will only listen to what you have to say. This is what the Lord has taught me in the room over there. I'll only listen to what you have to say. And when you get through with that particular point, I'm going to put in my own words what I understand you to mean. Because you need to check me out to see if I understood. Because, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, verily, verily. You know why, don't you? Because you have to tell a man twice. Okay, verily, verily, because we're not listening too well. So I said, 
I'm going to tell you what I understood you to mean. If, if you say, no, that's not what I meant, then I need you to be patient with me and tell me again. And you work with me until finally you say, yes, honey, that's what I mean. Then I'm going to make notes. I'm going to keep a note book. I'm going to make notes, and I'm going to go back before the Lord, and I'm going to ask him to change me. She said, what do you expect of me? I said, just to share your heart. But what I have to do, I said, well, God's ahead of Christ. Christ is ahead of man. And until I die for you, I don't know what you can do. Jesus didn't come and say, now, church, I'll die for you if you'll die for me. You don't find that in the Bible, do you? He didn't say, I'll die for you if you'll die for me. Jesus came and died. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his love toward us. And that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So we met. She met with me twice a week for a year. It took us a year to go through 12 chapters. And I listened to her heart. And during that time, I got to know my wife like I never had before. Oh, my. Yes, yes. At the end of the year... I said, would you like to go through the 12 chapters again? She said, oh, yes. (laughs) So we went through them the second time. It took another year. And during that time, I gained more understanding in my heart about my wife and how to relate to her. Sometime after that, we were working with another couple trying to get them started on the book because they were having challenges. And I turned to my wife and I said to her as a witness to this other couple, would you like to do it again? She said, oh, yes. (laughs) You see, these girls love to share their feelings. Oh, you mean God made you that way? That's right. You love to share your feelings. A man came to me one day and he said, Pastor, he said, my wife has told me that she's divorcing me. She's preparing to move out of the house. Can you help me? So I went through this program that I just went through with you and with my wife. And I said, would you do that? He said, I will. I'll do that. So I said, well, can I call your wife? He said, I don't know if she'll talk to you. She said you wasn't going to talk to a counselor. And so I said, let's start with you. With your permission, give me your phone number and I'll call her. So I called her and told her who I was. She said, I know who you are. I said, well, I said, uh, my hus- your husband's here with me and this is what he's agreed to do. And I went over the whole program with her. She said, he said he would do that? I said, yes. Okay, I'll come back. Wow. I said, well, I need to meet with you. Once you and your husband together so that you'll understand what you're expected to do. Because I said, uh, believe it or not, it's going to be a bigger challenge than you can possibly imagine to have the liberty to share anything in your heart, 
even if it's a criticism of your husband. And no matter what you share with him, he's only going to listen and try to understand your feelings. And then he's going to come back to me. And he and I are going to ask God to help him change his life. Okay, I'll do that. So she did. And I put him on the plan. The husband was supposed to come back to me, but he didn't. But about a year and a half later, I saw him in a store in town. And I said, hey, I never did hear from you anymore. He said, no. I said, did you go through the book? He said, oh, yes. Took us a long time to get through it. Did you listen to your wife? Yes. I said, are you still together? Oh, he said, Pastor, marriage has never been so good in all my life. Now, Paul not only talks about God uh, working with the man, but he also said this. He said to the wives, he said, you wives, he said, You submit yourselves, be subject to your husbands as Christ is, as you are to Christ. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their own husbands in everything. Subject? What's he talking about, girls? How could you be subject to a man if he's self-centered, or if he's so busy he doesn't have time for you. No, you, as you're a subject to Christ, you see, you're going to go to Christ. If he's not cooperating and meeting with you and listening to your heart, girls, you do what I did too. You get alone with God, and you pray, and you intercede. And you ask God to help your husband. Pray for him. Don't decide just to close the door and leave. Don't decide to run out and find another marriage counselor. You don't need me, girls, to counsel you. You need your husband to listen to your heart. Pray and cry to God. Wives, as The church is subject to Christ. So also, the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Ephesians 5.22, wives be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. As to the Lord? Lord, I just come to you and I submit myself to you. I surrender my life to you. Lord, my husband... Would you just move on his heart and bless him? I love him, Lord. Would you bless him and blend his heart in with mine so that he will want to be with me and spend time with me? And as you intercede and cry out to God, you start listening for the time when the husband will come to you and you say, You know, I'm so sorry. I've been uh, selfish and self-centered. I've been thinking more about myself than I have about you. 
it's time for me to spend time with you. I love you. Thank you for marrying me. Thank you for staying with me all this time. And uh, I know about a book I have. And in this book, Gary Smalley talks to the husbands about how to love their wives. Will you meet with me and let me begin to read to you? And you share your heart, honey, because I've been selfish. I haven't had time for you. I don't want to listen. But I'm committing myself to change. And you go back, girls, into your closet and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for blessing my husband. He's going to spend time with me. Because he's the one I want to share my feelings with. No one else. I want to share my feelings with him. Did you know that's the way the girls are? Have you ever noticed here at church, the men go into the men's restroom, they just go into the mess room, come around, back out. The girls go in the ladies' restroom and they stand there and talk for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> Why? Because they like to share their feelings with somebody. Why not with you? Husbands, what better way than for you to listen to that pretty little girl? Okay, if you're sitting next to your wife, would you look at her and just say, honey, I love you. Would you do that? Honey, I love you. Darling, I love you. Yeah. Now, one day, Dorothy Jean got upset with me and I, she was, I'd really hurt her feelings. This is after we had met. And I said, well, honey, I said, let me tell you how to kill me if you want to. She said, how? I said, come here, darling, and just hug me to death. She said, oh, be quiet. (laughs) But she did. Just hug me. Huh? You want to hug me some more? Would you do it? Would you hug me some more? Huh? We've only been married, darling, 62 years. Oh, my goodness. Isn't she cute? Isn't she pretty? Look how pretty she is, huh? Now, here's a way to confirm it all, man. Find a time, whatever time it is during your day. It may not be in the morning. With us, we can do it in the morning. But dedicate about 30 minutes of your time to be alone with your wife, to read from God's holy word, get you a good devotion book, read the devotion book together, and get on your knees and pray next to each other, pray and intercede. We do it every day. We did it this morning before we came here. Get on your knees and pray and intercede. And then when you get through interceding for others, husbands, lay your hands on your wives while they're kneeling there beside you 
and speak blessing over them. Blessing and health and wholeness and prosperity in their lives, protection from all evil. And then speak the high priestly blessing over them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. Now, according to number 627, when you do that, the name of the Lord has been placed on your wife. And he will bless her throughout the day. We do it every day. We've done it for a number of years since the Lord put us into understanding the principles of blessing. And wives, after your husband has spoken blessing over you, then you turn to your husband and lay hands on him. And you speak blessings over him. And if he needs to improve his behavior, you can speak some of that over him too. (laughs) Whatever you need to do, just speak it over his life. And then speak the high priestly blessing over him. When you do, you have placed the name of the Lord on his life. Now, if your girls are living alone today, maybe maybe that your spouse is your husband's in heaven. If you're living alone, if you're single, every day get before the mirror, put your hand on your head, forehead, and speak blessing over yourself. And then when you find some prayer partners, speak blessing over each other. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Isn't this wonderful? Yes, now I'm going to ask Mark Anthony to come back up for a minute. There's something I'd like to do. Honey, would you come back up here for just a moment, please? You know the song that we sing to babies when we dedicate them? Would you help me sing that? We'll call her DJ, okay? Help me sing that to her. Just extend your hand toward her. And Mark Anthony's going to play it. Here we go. DJ, Jesus loves you. DJ, Jesus cares. DJ, God has a plan for your life. And you know that he'll always be there. Now turn to your wife if she's here with you. Men, and we're going to do it again, and you call her by name. I'm going to call A.J. by name. Sing it now. Peace. Thank you, Lord. 
I'd love to do one thing. I know that when we're doing this and we're talking about spouses, there's one thing that I know is I've about almost been 30 years in ministry full time. And I know that on days like today, there's some that miss their loved one. Or there's some in here that are going, you know what? I wish I had one sitting, my spouse right here, or my wife, or my husband sitting right here. And I just want to say to you that God loves you. He's right there with you. I know sometimes it can be difficult. That's why I would encourage you. This is where small groups come in and connect with somebody and walk this out with others. Because God is infinite. He's there. Things happen in this life. Things that we don't plan on. Things that, that we weren't expecting. That, you know, ask my wife. Things happen in life. And like DJ said, you know, she chose. She made a choice. She said, I do. And she still does. So praise the Lord. But there is that, that God is there with you. And he is for you. And you're not alone ever. And I just wanted to encourage you with that this morning. That he is there for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And, and another thing this morning, maybe you've, maybe you haven't experienced the love God has for you. Maybe you, you've been in church or you've been around or you've seen, but you've never had that like, man, no matter what I do, you know, I, I'm amazed. I sit and go, God, you, you, you still love me when I've been the biggest knucklehead of all knuckleheads. Y'all need anybody know what that is? <laughs> you go, man, I've messed it up good. And I'm not even talking about with my wife. I'm just talking about me personal. That God right there, he doesn't, he's not looking for a reason to get rid of you. He's always trying to draw you to himself. He's always trying to draw me to himself. And this morning, I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, I'm going to ask everybody if they would real quickly. And then we're going to, I'm going to bless you. And we're going to have people up here to pray if you need that. But if you would do me a tremendous favor and just bow your head and close your eyes right where you are. And the only reason, nothing spiritual about that is simply, it's the only way I know you can get alone in a crowded room. It's, it's one of those where we yield and say, hey, I don't, I don't need to draw any cues from anybody else. Because there's going to come a day when there will be nobody standing next to you. And you're going to be standing before an awesome incredible, awe-inspiring Father. And that's where you want to have this peace right now. Not when that day comes, but right now. You can have that today. And if you've never surrendered, you said, Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I choose to surrender my will to you. If you've never done that, this would be a great morning to do that. Or maybe it's been a while. Maybe you've You've walked and you've seen and you've been a part and you know in part and you've, you've experienced in part, but there's never been that connection that goes, man, I, I'm just deeply loved no matter what. This would be a great day to say, Lord, I, I give it to you. And if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand wherever you are. I'm going to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Nobody's going to ask. That's between you and your heavenly father. That's between you and God. In between us, yep, anybody else? Thank you, Lord. This, we're just going to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you would just pray with me at this time, those that would like to. Father God, I recognize my own faults and failures, my hang-ups and my habits. And Lord, I know you see them. 
But I recognize that you sent your son Jesus to do for me what I couldn't do for myself. To take away my sin, my mistakes. Lord, I choose as an act of my will to ask you to come into my life, be my Lord and my Savior. I surrender my heart to you and say, be my God, be my Lord, lead me and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, that's right. Thank you, Lord. Don't ever take that for granted. Say, Mark, what happens with a prayer? I don't know. I shared with y'all last week, 34 years ago. That was my prayer right here. That's 34 years ago. Jesus, last Sunday, and I said, Jesus, it's yours. And I hadn't stopped saying, Jesus, I got to continue. Jesus, it's yours. Jesus, it's yours. Thank you, Lord. If you would stand up with me at this time. I'm going to ask those that are prayer warriors, if y'all come up. They're going to be people here. We're going to dismiss in just a moment. But I know also in this crowd, there are things that you have stuff that you may need somebody. Maybe physical healing. Miss Kelly Crane, she's over there. She has bleeding in her eye. I know we want to pray and believe for her. And there's others that that uh, that you may have struggles going on physically. You may have some financial problems. You may have some spirit things going on. There are people up here that will pray with you and pray for you. And so we're going to do that when we dismiss. You can either ease out. Don't forget, we also have the growth track that will be following shortly after this. It will be that way. I encourage it's a great thing to come check out. Um, come be a part. Get, get connected with us. Man, God wants to use you in an awesome way. And that's all we're trying to do is help help provide that environment to, to let him do that. Amen. So we'll either be easing that way or you can come up here and we'll pray for you. If you would, lift your hands to the Lord. Receive from him. Open your hands. Father God, you are the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people that your name might be placed on them. And Lord... As we speak the blessing, Father, you in turn actually do the blessing. So I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his eternal peace. In Jesus' name, amen.